0: Sigh. Sigh. Bourbon.
1: Burb. The burb. Burb, 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 Yellowstone. This stuff isn't too bad. I wouldn't burb. know. I'm cleaning out the black velvet.
0: It's actually a pretty r- accurate representation of Yellowstone right now because it's uh, liquid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed uh. to a gas. Usually it's quite gassy at Yellowstone, actually. Yeah. You can, like, the whole place smells like sulfur. There's lots of sulphur in those geysers. Sulphur. Sulphur. Yep. It, we were there long enough to watch Old Faithful go off like two or three times. It's about three hours? Every time it was like, it's not just pure water coming out of that stuff. It's all kinds of minerals and crap because I was like wiping this weird film off of my sunglasses every time like the thing went off and the, some of the mist sprayed on you. It's like, huh, interesting. But uh, it's it's interesting having like a boardwalk next to like something that could boil you alive quite easily. Um, you know, flash burns like these colorful looking pools, but, uh, gosh, I wonder what that did with the flooding, got that stuff everywhere, but, but yeah. Um, anyway, drinking our roommate's Yellowstone bourbon that he doesn't like, but I like a good bourbon. So here we are.
1: Why does he have it? If he doesn't like it, was it a gift or was it just, I'm going to try it and then, backfired on him
0: probably a little bit of both sure if i were to guess i forget what he what he told me but but yeah it uh, is
2: either a gift or it's not like it can kind of be a gift so he must have bought it certainly
0: he must have bought it because somebody suggested it to him and then he's not really an alcohol drinker to begin with and yeah either way he wants it consumed so we're not complaining about that We finally finished off the uh, black velvet.
1: Yep, I'm drink. I've got the last of that. A little tall for what I usually pour, but it was yeah. better than leaving a dribble in there.
0: Yep. Uh, what else is going on these days? Uh,
1: I mean, we're not right. Not a ton. Yeah, even though it's like right before the 4th of July weekend, we don't have a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Happy 4th
0: of July. We'll see. This will probably come out. After, well, I might get to it on
1: this Monday. We'll see. Be my last podcast as a twenty-four-year-old. So that's a thing. yeah. Wow. The, birth, the birthday,
0: the birthday epoch continues apace indeed. With Nathan reaching his uh, jubilee year as a human being, um, is there an
1: element um, associated with that number
0: twenty-five?
1: Yeah,
0: I suppose. And, it's
1: like s- silver's fifty. Or is silver 25 and gold 50? Or is gold 75? What's platinum?
0: I think platinum is your 75th anniversary.
1: And then diamond would be 100? Or Something like that. Or diamond 50? I don't know. I don't know the numbers.
0: Let's see. <coughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Audibly <laughs> Google's anniversary <laughs> element substance correlations.
0: <laughs> okay. I forgot that I had YouTube open, but <laughs> There's just this weird-looking thumbnail where it's just <laughs> this guy holding a gun. It's like, don't answer the door at 3 a.m. It's like, okay, okay, uh, jubilees. Thumbnails
1: are a thing, man.
2: Numerous unidentified beings of Serbian origin.
0: <laughs> Sweet baby rays to, uh, to Sweet protect rays. Barbecue uh,
2: sauce and a solid 25,000-kilogram block of uranium-235.
1: When's your uranium jubilee?
0: Do they go that far down the it's periodic like table? T- <laughs> Two
2: hundred and fifteen point something years.
0: Okay, so your silver jubilee is twenty-fifth anniversary, golden jubilee is fiftieth, and diamond is sixtieth, or seventy-fifth, depending.
1: Okay, so I- I'm depending at Depending on what? We're at silver. Well, I will be at silver by the, the time
2: silver anniversary of our livings. livings.
0: Yes. So should we go, like, the full Levitical Jubilee year and, like, <laughs> let our crops go fallow for an entire year and uh, release all the... Wait, hold on. <laughs> uh, actually, that that sounded kind of cool, though. That had to be a fun practice. Like, um, or, or kind of a cool, like, way to live out. Like, because like every seven years, like, the Hebrews had to, like, you know give everybody a rest essentially. And and party. Plenty of symbolic meaning there. Anyway, uh let's see what what are you been up to these days, Riley? How it's, goes the it's IPF? IPF, IPF yeah. is uh, the IPF thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Things are very kind of timeless around here. So
0: I had a Yeah. The weekend was nice in that I didn't have to do much. For the first weekend in a while even though like i had to do a little bit of work stuff related to the high school reunions it wasn't really anything too crazy
1: i mean we had a whole day of playing 50 turn mario party the, oh that's what happened <laughs> yes
0: uh one of the two listeners decided it was time to play 50 turn mario party so that's what we did like all saturday afternoon
1: it was certainly a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what.
0: Jonah slash Bryant won because Jonah played the first <laughs> half and then left. Had it
1: in the first half, not going to lie. Yep. But then then Bryant took over because Jonah had to go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost. Yes. And this time it was by choice. Mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll be honest. Um, nihilism is the only way to enjoy Mario Party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rather um, the, destructive nihilism,
1: I will add. Yes. Honestly, that is... I know you're listening. That was the only time I've ever had fun playing Mario Party, It was
0: like being on a team <laughs> mini game with John and just completely screwing it up on purpose.
1: I was playing Kingmaker. I knew I wasn't going to win. didn't matter who, what happened, how hard I tried. So I just mm. decided to make uh, the you hybrid player. If you can't
0: pick it up, Nathan is not a fan of Mario Party by any stretch whatsoever. Here's the thing.
1: When we did the minigame thing afterwards... That was fun. Just the mini games. By themselves. The mini yeah. games themselves are fun. The board game sucks. <laughs> I do not like that half.
0: Hmm. I. It was. It's interesting because it like graphs your like trends like throughout the game like when you get stars and everything's like that. I didn't get anything until like. The last quarter of the game, and then I started racking up stars like crazy, but not enough in time to win.
1: Also that's why I never specifically uh, went against you mm-hmm. because it was like ah oh, you' the game already has me covered on that
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I just every time I got close like something would happen and it would just like not like come to fruition or I would go across the star, but I didn't have the coins or whatever, but it was just cruel the cruel uh, hands of fate. Which was is it that? Ian so what which then i defy you stars it? <laughs> <laughs> i reject nature what um it was
1: a
2: romeo and juliet
1: quote oh okay but also it's mario party so rejecting the stars
0: who is calling me in the middle of a podcast okay potential spam go away uh how, man, man, how that do you could know it's not some spam content. If you don't pick it up what's that yeah, call, could call have been the guy. And, yeah, it's, well, it's always a robot voice asking me about my warranty. What's weird is I'm getting those calls at my work phone. Like those are almost entirely the only calls I ever receive. Is like your car has an extended or has an expired warranty. It's like
1: we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended. Why warranty. Why are
0: you calling me on my work phone?
1: They don't know it's your work. Phone. They have a
0: list, and it's a robot. Yep. A robot with an Indian accent, so like Bender and Apu combined. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Have, have you been watching Futurama? No, just clips. I need uh-huh. to find where the show is actually like available. Yeah, I
2: don't know anymore. Because I, I th- Disney, you well, Fox used to have the rights to it, Mm-hmm. which would mean that it it would be on disney plus but it i don't it's think it is not on disney
0: plus yeah i checked sure um the simps are on disney plus but uh no futurama so i'm not sure maybe hulu then it might Surely, be hulu yeah, is more problem, expensive yeah. than it's worth in my and opinion. hulu
1: is like just a, at this point a puppet for disney to throw its r rated content onto yeah
0: for now We'll see how that
1: for now. shakes out. I mean, they put Punisher and Daredevil on Disney Plus, so... Yeah, so... Uh, they, they're they're slowly opening up the mature content.
0: Mm-hmm. Are they just going to go the YouTube route? It's like, where they, It's like, all right, was this made for kids? Yes, no.
1: Maybe. That's like, hey, parents, we know it's called Disney, but uh, if you want to turn on the R-rated stuff, that's a specific option. You can go into the options and apply for specific users, right? Yeah. I think it would default to being kid friendly, and then you could age it up if you want. Yep, that is what it's doing currently. Yes. Yes. Part of me thinks it would be very funny to one day just sit down, open Disney Plus, and then watch Alien.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: because that's 20th Century Fox, all right.
0: That is. I bet it's it's probably coming at some point.
1: Um, pro- I mean, there's a lot of those. Mo- I mean, they would be dumb to not put Daredevil on, or no, not Daredevil, uh, Deadpool. The other D guy who dresses in red. Yeah. Because that would be just the smash Well, because they made the, the PG
0: views. version of Deadpool 2 where it's like the kid from... Uh,
1: and I'd watch that. Princess I'd watch Bride. the PG edit of it.
0: Like they do the little storybook thing like they do in Princess Bride. Because
1: they had wanted to air it on TV over Christmas. Mm-hmm. For some reason.
0: Because like, yeah, it, you know what I'm thinking around Christmas time? Let's watch Deadpool 2 on I don't know, television.
1: Was, I think it was Deadpool 1. Which one was it?
0: I one have sworn it was...
1: I don't know. One of I them. I didn't watch it. One of them.
0: I didn't. I, I haven't seen either of them. Um, Neither have I. I been really, not missing much. Yeah, I mean, because I don't think Ryan. Reynolds like I can is like handle a little funny. bit
2: of crassness here and there. But yeah, like, but where it's just the like entire nonstop. movie is just bad. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's just crass. Just baldy
0: humor,
1: baldy, <laughs> baldy, baldy.
0: Just on and on and on. That's all. I honestly, know how to do.
1: It kind of. Prefer PG 13, PG Deadpool. I, I watch, you watch him in a couple of like the Avengers or X Men or Spider Man shows that they made, and he's actually a riot. And so it's like when he doesn't just revert to the lowest common denominator of bro humor, he can actually be a fun time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the movie was made for the lowest common denominator of bro humor.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, just generally not a fan of that. Neither that demographic nor the movies that pander to it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of born of a similar thing where like now everything fantasy has to be Game of Thrones. It's like it's a we demographic. We
1: have to put bubies in it because it is like Game of Thrones and that was successful.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Pray they don't do it to Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. But honestly, I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> Because gone are the days of Game of Thrones trying to be Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is going to try to be Game of Thrones, darn it.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I'm really hoping that somebody produces some Brandon Sanderson stuff someday. Like, in some kind of visual adaptation to it. Because that's just quality fantasy. And it doesn't try to be Game of Thrones whatsoever. mm Mm-hmm.
0: Have you had a chance to look at the Wheel of Time series at all? We feel like we may have discussed this.
2: Yeah. I watched like 20 minutes of the first episode and it had to be done.
0: Yep. So probably not a lot going on there worth looking into.
2: They're obligatory, like, all of these... um, hey you know those like social norms that existed in this town like in this farming village in the middle of nowhere yeah nobody follows those in the wheel of time show because because we have to we have to not do that we
0: need to make it relatable to a modern audience even though this is like a A mythical that was written
2: in like 1980 yeah and also anachronism is
0: fine if it's the morals of current year
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And the fact that there are actual story beats that revolve around those social norms. And Rand, as he sort of has to grapple with the fact that the rest of the world is not like that. But, of course, we didn't read that far ahead. Nope. Because why would we bother?
1: Yep. We licensed a moderately popular book so we didn't have to write something ourselves. Yep. And then we wrote something ourselves. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, like
2: a good 50% of what showed up in that season was original content. Because like that's it, there was It appeared in no way, shape, or form in the book.
0: Yeah. Maybe we so should just like, do a salt cast on like, poorly done adaptations. That if would, we do it for a first salt cast episode.
1: I kind of don't want to give... Um... Artemis Fowl more watch numbers on Disney Plus though Fair
0: That is fair
1: And that's the only place you can watch it Because lord knows they're not doing a DVD release Because nobody liked it
0: Mm -hmm. Or that old Lightning
2: Thief movie
0: Or the Halo show
2: Or the old um, What you call it Series of Unfortunate Events movie
0: Yeah that one just sucked all around as
1: a movie
2: Um, They tried to cram Three books into a movie
1: Wow imagine that working
0: Yep. Uh, Now,
1: there are some like awful adaptations that are just fun (laughs) because they're so bad. The BBC Narnia. The
0: BBC Narnia. I mean,
1: I showed you the Mario movie, James. Yep, we
0: did watch the Mario movie.
1: (laughs) And in similar fashion, the Street Fighter movie is a hot mess of just delightful dumpster fire.
0: Um, well, speaking of delightful dumpster fire I was about to say that We're the Palladium Papists, I'm James I'm Nathan And I'm Riley uh, We're doing the Gregarious Games this week
1: On something that I don't consider to be a dumpster fire I could do a dumpster fire on a game But we're not doing that That would be a salt cast mm-hmm. <laughs> but No, we're talking about uh, Thomas Happ's Axiom Verge duology <clears throat> So yes, gregarious games, we talk about video games on the show sometimes. It's been a while.
0: It has, actually.
1: And I figured might as well get back into it. And it's my birthday coming up, so I'm gonna <laughs> talk about a Metroidvania by one guy, so why well, I'm here we go. The <laughs> it. It's been long enough. There's there's no like official hold on it like there are is with the the ban but
0: <laughs> yeah that's true we it's haven't... just
1: personally it's like i don't want to like hold the whole episode while these guys don't know what to say because they haven't played it yeah at least you've been in the room when i played through them, that's so. true
0: i have observed some of it i have two
1: more so two a, than one a, a little bit a little bit so yeah um the first game both are like primarily developed by one guy one thomas Hap. He is the first Axiom Verge game released in 2015, and the second one released as recently as 2021. So the first Axiom Verge opens up with a little little cutscene. It's an NES styled pixel art game, so the cutscenes are very Ninja Gaiden and they're in their still frames and their bottom text. <laughs> but we open up on a scientist in 2005 named Trace doing some vaguely science experiment with his uh, partner, Dr. Elizabeth Hammond. Uh, she doesn't play much of a part in this game, she's just there. Um, when the entire experiment blows up in his face, very literally, and destroys his whole, whole laboratory and all of the work. Then we jump cut to gameplay. Uh, events happen in between those two points, but we don't know that yet, so bear with it. <laughs> Uh, you wake up in an egg pod in like this kind of gross red pulsating world. And it's like, and Trace is like, where am I and why? And then he starts being spoken to telepathically by a being that is called a Rusalki. Um, it's like a robot thing. Uh, he gets spoken to by this being called Elsa Nova. And she's like, Hey, pick up the gun in the other room. And, uh, Come, come, shoot some things, and he's like, "I mean, okay, I need to use the gun to break through the stuff blocking the path, but uh, I don't like killing things, but I'll do it anyway.
0: I'll do it, I must."
1: So you do some exploring in the thing. You pick up a couple more upgrades for your gun to hit the buttons and stuff. You come across some, yeah, you you eventually come across Elsa Nova. Who is this robot head that's sus- like giant and suspended in a, bu- in a tangle of wires? She's like, "Hi, I'm a I'm a robot weapon thing uh, that is protector of this world. This world called. Where are you? I wrote it down because I forgot.
0: That's a cool name.
1: <laughs> oh, did I?
2: It's kind of a rather long and tedious name, though. Anyway. <laughs> this world that I kind of sort of forgot I wrote it down anyway.
1: I guess I that, did right, write right, it down.
2: Wait, so back on this world be- that I know it
1: was, Anyway, back it on it the world that anyway. definitely has a name. I'll, I'll open.
0: <laughs> See, that'd be me. Like, if anybody's paid attention to the descriptions of these episodes, like if I created a robot apocalypse world, Soudra. it would just be a bunch of random, like, <laughs> like crap, I don't know. Just like Or crap IDK titles for things. <laughs>
1: Anyway, he's not on Earth. He's on this other world, Sudra. And she's like, "Uh, yeah, there's a a bad guy who has released a pathogen on the people of Sudra and is trying to uh, keep us trapped in here by uh, keeping the, uh, the dimensional gateway closed. So I want you to go kill that guy. And Trace is like, I'm not a fan of killing people. So maybe we don't. She's like, okay, but until then, can you go... Uh... But, but would you kindly? But would you kindly? It's <laughs> not quite that. A little different. She's like, okay, well, at the very least, can you go um, reactivate the repair drones so my fellow robot people can get up and running? In particular, there's Ophelia, who is uh, very helpful and powerful. <laughs>
0: it is I, the, the fair, fair
1: Ophelia.
0: Ophelia. <laughs> I think we're going to get letters about this. Anyway, I just had to get that out of the way.
1: So anyway, uh Trace does some exploring. He fights some very gross uh overgrown blob flesh monsters with prosthetics on them that all target him cuz they think he's some kind of demon. And uh Trace is like, "I am the least demonic thing here. What are you talking about?" Mm-hmm.
0: From my point of view, you are all our demons.
1: Um So, so anyway, you are lost. <laughs> <laughs> he- Invi- actually, not too far gone. Anyway, so we, we he explores the world, and it's all all dead with a lot of, like... There's, like, some rooms that are just piled with corpses of the people that were killed by the pathogen. Goodness. Very aesthetic. Bring out your dad. <laughs> so, anyway, it's like this this massacre didn't happen all that long ago. Uh, and so he eventually gets the drones online, and he talks to Ophelia, and she's like, yeah, um... Uh, Athetos came to our world and tried to steal our technology and stuff and we don't want him to uh, keep us here because if he, he, he's tried to kill us so we want to kill him and Trace is like no over the course of the game you realize that um, uh, this is one of those games that has worked the death and respawn mechanic into the lore where whenever Trace dies he gets respawned at one of these egg chambers and it's like, huh, that's what I woke up in. Huh, interesting. Huh. So he goes further into the, closer toward where Athetos is. Sees some giant robot bodies. He's like, oh yeah, those are the bodies the head goes on. They're, uh, they're real powerful war machines. So is like, yeah, that, that's mine. I'm a, I'm a giant snake, really.
0: <laughs> Ooh.
1: So you get further in, and, you start, and he, he starts getting affected by the pathogen and starts getting feverish and hallucinates. Another him running away from him. Uh, And so he follows the other him. Then he walks into a room and hallucinates that he is a giant grotesque monster boss. Like the ones that we've been fighting this whole time. And uh, he gets killed by the guy he's hallucinating. And then uh, goes into a, a, a bit of a blackout. And starts remembering what happened between the explosion and waking up in Sudra. Because the explosion at his lab... Uh, left him hospitalized for a long time. And he had a long time to just think. He had bandages over his eyes. He was sensorily deprived. So he was just thinking. Being the scientist that he is, the the pattern mind that he is, that, that's a thing that I'm not sure what it means, but they call him that in Sudra. <laughs> hmm. um, he comes up with a theory of existence in the universe um, where there's multiple Dimensions and multiple... Original today, yeah. aren't we, sir? And it was 2005 when he came up with this, so...
2: Daring today, aren't we?
1: <laughs> but but also, like, uh, what what worlds could exist within a simulation, and would something within a simulation perceive its simulation as reality? Kind of, uh... Just just weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you do when you're on drugs and are recovering from a hospital.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else is there to do?
1: Anyway, the, um the scientific community at large gave him a nickname uh, athetos which means being without a having like without place i believe is what scientific
0: it means scientific community sucks at nicknames
1: i know right anyway he remembers that actually he is athetos <laughs> ah it's like oh wait if that's me then who am i and he's like oh well when athetos was waging his war on sudra he may have cloned himself a bunch of times and those clones may have mutated and become giant, horrid monsters, like the ones you've been fighting this whole time. And you may have been one that uh, we deprogrammed and tried to uh, use to turn against Athatos and kill him. And Trace is like, well, that's not cool by any of you. <laughs> kind of wild. I'm going to go, because he's me, I'm going to go up and talk to Athatos and see. From my point of view, I'm evil. (laughs) Then you are lost. (laughs) Because it's a Metroidvania and they don't have hints. (laughs) Anyway, so over the course of the game, he continues to fight things and discover things and goes to the top of the tower where Athatos is at after meeting with Elsa Nova, who has her head plugged into her body. And he's like, hey, um, could you not kill him? I kind of don't like killing people and I want to figure out what's going on. And she's like, yeah, sure. I don't have fingers to cross, so I'm totally not crossing anything behind my back.
0: Mm-hmm. Why would you ask?
1: Why would you ask? Why would you even look? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so now you go up and you meet Athertos and he's like, hi, I'm you from 100 years ago. That was 2005. <laughs> and I'm, I, I came here because after my explosion and my theory of reality and everything, I'm like, well... Now I've got to prove it. And so he discovers the breach. The breach is this dimensional gateway that... Uh,
0: looks like pants.
1: No. It looks like pixels. Oh, right.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, anyway, I came here and I found all this technology that wasn't being used because the native people were treating it superstitiously because apparently they created a hundred years ago and now it's more of religious artifacts. And I'm like, well, that's not useful. We could use these things to stop world wars and hunger and stuff. i got to get this back to Earth. So I'll just commit genocide and wait for all the robot people to die so they don't go back to their home world when I unlock the breach. And then I'll...
0: What could go wrong?
1: What could possibly go wrong? And Trace is like, well, everything? Uh, Too bad boss fight time. So you do the boss fight and Elsa Nova shows up in her big snake form. And uh, laser blasts the crap out of Apatose and Trace is like, that wasn't cool. She's like, I know that wasn't cool, but you can go home now. Bye-bye. So he goes, wakes up back in his uh, in his lab like, what the heck just happened? Well, now that I've seen that, I've got to try and go back. And so he starts researching how to go back. And if you get the 100% ending, uh, Apatose old man Trace shows up at his house and shoots himself. By himself, I mean his younger self. And he's like, yeah, Trace, it's time to wake up. And I don't even know what that means. It's all vague and confusing. What? <laughs> so that's the first game. Uh, the second game, fortunately, is a little more straightforward while also being just as perplexing and also having even more characters with ridiculous names. So rem- remember that uh, lab assistant Elizabeth Hammond I mentioned at the beginning? In two thousand seven, after uh, the explosion and stuff happened,
0: modern day two thousand seven.
1: Modern day two thousand seven. Uh, she creates a computer company that that creates the Ansible computer, which is like the most powerful, like zero latency computer. It's like it's almost so powerful that it's as if it's, it's tapping it's into another like dimension got, or something. They got
2: the technology from the buggers.
1: Right, something like that. <laughs> anyway, so she's like dominating the computer, computing industry for lots and lots of years uh, until the, the modern day 2053 when she disappears mysteriously in Antarctica. Like you do. Yes, and so the, here we meet Indra, the player character, who's this uh, wealthy CEO girl boss who's like, hey, my competitor company lost their CEO, I'll just buy it. And so um, she buys. Well, the,
0: guess I'll buy.
1: Guess I'll buy. So she buys the company and looks at the uh, the, the first ever like Ansible model that Hammond ever made. And it, she gets a mysterious message. It's like, "Hey, come to Antarctica if you ever want to see your daughter again."
0: And she's Dun-dun-dun. like,
1: "My estranged daughter, who I haven't talked to in years. Okay, I'll go see what's up in Antarctica. I guess." So anyway, she goes to Antarctica, um, goes down an elevator, and winds up in another world that also totally has a name.
0: Perplexed at the sheer lack of ants anywhere.
1: <laughs> I have it written down, too. Where is it? Sin- nope. That's something else. Uh, oh, Kiengir. K-I-E-N-G-I-R. Kiengir. Kiengir. <laughs> She winds up in another another dimension. It's like, huh, this isn't Antarctica. There's grass.
0: <laughs> that's, that's not supposed to happen. It must be in weird. Greenland.
1: But that's the opposite <laughs> of the world. That's still more logical, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, so she goes exploring and tries to find what even is going on here. She grabs a, a nice pick to do some climbing around. She eventually uh, drowns. In uh, uh, What? Appro- she's she's approaching uh an, an ancient urn when she drowns, but then the being inside the urn breaks out and uh uses nanomachine's son to bring her back to life. <laughs> okay. She's like, Hi Indrid, I am uh, Amashilama. The I am what is known as an arm. Uh I which is basically a nanomachine's weapon being. I'm your AI companion for this game. And she's like, That's weird. But I'll allow it because Mm -hmm. everything is weird right now. Yep. So what's going on? Um, She keeps running into these old What um, have those
0: penguins been up to anyway?
1: (laughs) I want answers. So she in her exploring she discovers more Ansible computers that give her vague directions like go to this other coordinate which has another computer that'll give you the next message and she's like uh no shut up tell me where my daughter is. Oh no I'm fading fast bye bye. (laughs) You hear that? That's the static. That's that's mouth noises. Oh <laughs> no, no. no.
0: <laughs> anyway, sorry, we're breaking up. I can't understand.
1: <laughs> anyway, so um, In- Indra and Ash, Amashilama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how it's.
0: <laughs> Amy, <laughs> I'm gonna call
1: her Amy. Okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> anyway, so Indra and. It is Indra and Amy. Uh, she's like, hey, Amy tells tells her like, hey, I'm going to help you get the upgrades. When you break that jar, you're going to get a new power, the power to climb. Or you get open this one, you're going to talk to a small child and he's going to turn you into a drone.
0: There is no spoon, drone boy.
1: And she's like, why is this a small child when the other people who have been these genie bottle things uh, were adults? And she's like, don't worry about it. It's not messed up in the least. So anyway, she uses no, okay. her drone powers to explore, and she um, eventually also meets a giant, uh, giant statue boy, kind of a a griffin thing, but with like a, a Mesopotamian type. He was uh, a statue boy. Statue he's, head.
0: He sa- he looked at you, boy.
1: Anyway, this is the the Lamasu, and he's like, "Hi, I'm kind of worshipped as a deity by the people that died a hundred years." Ago I am in a great war man? against other dimensional beings, and because everybody died due to un- other dimensional beings, and I- I'm I'm the guy who's running all the drones running around, trying to kill people who are from other dimensions, because extra dimensional invaders is not a thing I like. And Injur's like, that's fine and all, I guess. That's I mean, you killed a bunch of researchers who are in Antarctica doing nothing else, but um how about you just let us leave? And he's like, nope, that's not a thing I can do you can't you can't leave you can't contaminate other dimensions i gotta kill you here and she's like you're not cool but you're also an immobile statue so i can't do anything about it but and um amy's tells her something uh is 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 like well we can uh you know it'd be really handy for uh exploring the world and trying to get back to your your earth air quotes um If you could move your your drone and your body independently, because when you use the drone, you just kind of throw the drone and it goes while Andrew just stands there limply. Uh, What if you could move them both at the same time? Wouldn't that be a cool upgrade to get? It's like, oh, of course that's a cool upgrade. Let's do that. She's like, great. Now step in this machine, uh, put your actual human body over there, and then go push the button as the drone, and we'll split you. And I'm and doing like, this okay, completely
0: for your benefit. This There's is nothing entirely I want to whatsoever I am
1: not going to hijack your body and try and kill the entire all of existing existence. Actually no, that's exactly what's gonna happen, lol bye <laughs> Sorry I lied. It's like what the flip? I'm stuck here as a drone with little Damu, the child baby, who by the way, the the these arms, these nanomachine people, used to be human beings, including the child. And reading some of the lore things, it's like, oh yes, child, children are a lot more uh, malleable with this sort of thing. They uh, adapt a lot better and become more powerful arms to equip wielders with. And so that's a cool thing people resorted to in the war a hundred years ago. Blimey. Yeah. Anyway, so it's you and Drone Boy trying to be like, okay, I'm a spider thing now. Let's explore and find a, a way to either get my body back... Like it, like it's some Full Metal Alchemist stuff, mm-hmm. or st- stop her from destroying all of reality. Because it turns out, the um, the ancient war was uh, had, had was against invaders from a, another dimension, right? But it was a dimension that was like apparently like worlds are linked in kind of a hierarchy, and so it was one. Above them. So if you took out the connection to that dimension, you would wipe out everything after it. And so it's not a good idea to let Amy uh, blow up all of reality because... And she's like, no, no, that's just uh, hearsay. That's what they keep you to keep us in check. (laughs) That's just what they want you to think. It's like, no, it's how it's stacked up. Stop. (laughs) So you go to... You find another uh, world breach and talk to people in the emergence which is this other world that looks uh, oddly similar to Sudra. They're like, oh yeah, we don't have anything here. We're just uh, hanging out. But uh, I heard you guys have some funky technology in the other side of the thing that was stolen from a higher dimension. So uh, why don't you go check that out? And she does go check that out. And um, so you get to this sealed off wing of uh, the land and there's a bunch of little little drone things that remind me of a previous game. You start coming across these giant egg capsules that Indra's like, hey, what are these? And the child's like, oh yeah, they use those to clone people and make entire armies so that we could fight the other dimension. And she's like, well, that's messed up. And it's like, yeah, it is. It's also a callback to the first game, but I'm not saying that out loud. So anyway, you walk into one of the egg pods and get slurped into another... In between dimensions area with the supercomputer in it that's like hey uh this is where hammond is and also this is where your daughter is they're not physically there they're in the computer talking to you from another another dimension which is like okay this is just a lot of realities colliding what's actually what they're like yeah if you don't uh stop uh, Amy from getting to this ancient war machine they u- they used exactly once and realized oh crap that's ridiculously powerful if you don't stop her from like in- inhabiting that as her body and destroying dimensions everything's gonna fall apart so why don't you uh you go stop her and she's like yeah but my daughter's in there she's like I'm fine I think mom dimensions are weird uh but I love you okay bye <laughs> and so so Indra goes back out to, uh, the previous world, the, 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 can kent can, Canada, goes back <laughs> to Canada, <laughs> and, uh, she runs into the, the, the Lamasu again and he's like, yeah, I don't like other dimensional people intr- intruding, but I also don't like not existing. So I'm going to help you out a little bit and mm-hmm. point you in directions and stuff. Like,
0: might be a dimensional racist, but I'm not that dimensional of a racist. I'm not that right. racist of a dimensional.
1: Something like that. Um, so, yeah, you, you go and uh, chase after Amy trying to get one of these uh, sinua. The, the the robot war machines there's a lot of weird words probably all drawn from scientific terms I don't know what they're referring to yet. Maybe. Anyway. Um so there's there's like one boss fight you have with her after you get the ability to turn into a robot human instead of uh so that you can, you know, do the human things while you don't have a human body.
0: Gameplay.
1: Because gameplay reasons. So you have a uh, a boss fight with your with your old body that respawns because it respawns because it has nanomachines, and then she kills you and you respawn right next to it. It's like, well, retin impasse, I gotta run. You eventually make it to the chamber where you are going to try and hijack the sinew yourself, but then Psych like Amy gets there first and she's like, Well, I don't need this old human body, I can just get into the giant war machine. Bye-bye. S- Lighters And Indra's like, "Well, my body's probably dead. That's not cool. I'm stuck with robot drone form, but eh. I guess this is how it is." She goes to the 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 big portal that goes to the the mother world that's on a sewer. Uh, on sewer. Uh, the the domino world that'll oh. make everything chain react. Is that because of
0: the pizza and the turtles are eating? Yeah, exactly. All right.
1: Anyway, um, <laughs> so you there's a sort of boss fight, and you blow up a bunch of the things, and you blow up the the breach thing. Uh, in uh, Amy has you on the ropes. And she's like, "I'm gonna kill you before you destroy the thing." But then um, your old body shows up. And it's like, "Hi, I'm I'm Indra. I'm gonna." Stab this thing in the back and hold it while you, you run away, robot Indra, and blow up the breach bomb that'll destroy the, the, the portal thing so she can't go back to the other world and blow it up. So you do that, and it's like, well, that's, that's weird. This is the second game in a row that has had a, another form of my body doing a thing in the final boss, but it's the opposite thing. So yeah, that blows up, and now um, Indra can't go home at all. Uh, cause she, so she's stuck, um, and she's like, well, uh, little little child who is my uh, weapon arm thing who turns me into a drone, it's you and me now, and I'm going to see if there's some way to give you a physical form again, because you were robbed of a childhood a and real personhood. Make you a <laughs> real boy. Let's make you a real boy.
0: Well, I'm not a puppet.
1: And so that's where she ends. And if you get the one hundred percent ending, you get this vague um, cutscene of a another another world where Indra's old body uh, reunites with her daughter. Huh. In a because once again, uh, there's a lot of just confusing. Like, huh? Is that the way it is going on? Like, if you read some of the... What is
0: reality? Where's
1: Murph? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There's also, um, like, in reading some of the the optional text logs and stuff, uh, Dr. Hammond proposes the idea that what if an afterlife is just another dimension? And so it could be presumed that both her daughter and Dr. Hammond are dead, and that's why Indra went there. And it's like, well, if that's Indra who were we playing as for the second half of the game uh, so a lot of like quite similar with the with trace and Athatos. it's like if you're the original and i'm the copy who's the original what's the what's the copy i'm questioning everything right now it it is very much a question everything kind of a thing but that's the the basic plot summary um the cool stuff is how it's presented uh like the coolest bit is just figuring stuff out Um, The first game is very much an homage to Metroid 1 on the NES and other NES games of its ilk. You get a bunch of guns that are like straight out of Contra, right? Uh, All the cutscenes and storytelling, like I had previously said, are very reminiscent of like Ninja Gaiden and stuff. It wears its um, NES inspiration on its sleeve right down to making glitching through faulty um, collision is a... Gameplay feature. Huh. And you get a cheat code device that allows you to put in cheat codes to alter reality because you're a pattern mind who can manipulate the breach. And it also has references to specific codes from, like, old games. If you put in the uh, Suitless Samus Justin Bailey code from Metroid 1, he wears a speedo (laughs) because it's a reference to the swimsuit thing. And this is the first game. This is the first game. Yes. Um, so, and there are also like little dimensional pockets you can go into that are like randomly generated breach areas. And these lay on the broken NES aesthetic thick right down to like the glitching, the way the tiles glitch and the way the panels loop to the other side of the screen before drawing new assets, sort of a thing. So it's like very intentional with how it goes into the... It it basically took uh, manipulating old games for speedrun purposes and made a story about it. It's like, what if if reality had cheat codes?
0: That would screw everything up. Let's explore that.
1: Exactly. And the second one took that idea and kind of refined it in a little bit of a different direction, I feel like. Because where the first one had a very distinctly NES-emulated uh, aesthetic, the second one, not so much. It kind of went its own direction more with the pixel art. Although I will say there were more choices in the way things were animated and the colors they used that reminded me more of old PC games. Uh. Right down to the fact that there's a you're made of machines, so you can hack things. And when you use your hacker ability... Um, The options for hacking are presented in, like, a text prompt form.
2: A grid of pipes appears on the screen and James (laughs) begins cursing. Yep.
1: While we immediately do golf commentary. Yep. But also, like, in subtle things like how the second one uses the floppy disk save icon when you're saving. It's like, oh, that's kind of a PC thing.
0: That's an old PC That's an
1: old PC thing. And also, the game revolves around old PCs. By old PCs, I mean higher-than-high-tech 2007 PCs from, from the perspective of 2053.
0: So, like, Windows XP.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Those are the those are some of the cool stuff. I mean, it's a solid Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. Both of them are. Although, what interests me most is how distinctly different they are. How, like, they're, they're in the same in what matters... But like, there's also choices, differences that feel very intentional, because the first one has a bunch of weapons. It's very run and gunny, uh, and the sec- and the second one, combat is entirely optional most of the time. Even the final boss is more of a obstacle to blowing up a different thing. So it it was it's very interesting, like, but also what they choose to do and how they choose to do it, similarly. Yeah, it's a very interesting study in sequelizing.
0: Is that like that thing from the ending scene from the first game ever really addressed? Like where like old uh, like one version of the guy kills the other version of the guy?
1: No, that was more of a. Uh, what, Here's what... some
2: food for thought and speculation to keep you interested.
1: Yeah, there's also um, a thing which I failed to mention because it wasn't really important, but one of the other robot head people. Uh, was known to be able to make dream worlds uh, uh. that were very vivid and uh, felt real. And so it's huh. like hmm the entire structure of the map is vaguely brain shaped if you flip it upside down. Mm-hmm. So it's like could all of this been inside of a dream or someone's head? They're just brain what being about being that simulated in a jar <laughs> Or at, at the end of the game was him going back to earth uh, created vision. And Athetos was another part of himself trying to kick him out of the vision, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like there's – it's very vague in the way it's trying to –
0: Ambiguous. It's
1: intentionally ambiguous, and it's like – it's food for thought. It it invites discussion. There's actually – because of the whole timey-wimey shenanigans of being in Sudra, like this is 100 years years or something after Trace first shows up in Sudra – so the events of the second game probably happened before the f- events of the first game. Huh. I mean, even though it's 2053, it's like 100 years after 2005. Well, because weird
0: dimensions stuff, you know.
1: And there's like a, a point where it's like, oh, yeah, this part of our dimension time runs different. And I just kind of hang out here to wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's weird. But there's some speculation. Like, I was just doing some research before the, the thing. Like, literally on my phone, <laughs> looking at a Reddit article right before we did this. I'm like, wait, there's theories that uh, uh, Indra becomes Ophelia or Elsa Nova or one of those guys, the robots from the first game? Ha huh. ha! Huh. I mean, they did say they came from another dimension,
0: mm-hmm. from
1: like a higher plane, and they have all this technology that is present in the second game. We right? have technology. Right. Yeah, overall, they're like a- Axiom Verge in 2015 was one of like the big Metroidvanias. It was like the one, yeah, pretty much. Uh, until like, you know, your your Hollow Knight or your Ori's happened a little yep. bit later, uh, Axiom Verge was like the big one. So it was a. It, it was.
0: It made a splash on the scene.
1: And also, it's it's one guy. Yeah. One, one guy came up with all this. He he wrote, even wrote the music, and the music's something I got have things to say about in the we, beauty we section. Like
0: our, uh, we like our one-man band uh, artists on this.
1: Now, on, on the one hand, like sometimes one-man band artist things can get very pretentious.
0: Yeah, they certainly can.
1: But on the other hand, they can be just one guy has a neat idea and has no... Oversight, the singular focus, more being focus. able to achieve it. Mm-hmm. Right now, sometimes the lack of oversight from other parties leads to pretentious BS, but mm-hmm. other times it's just like genuinely f- interesting, creative stuff.
0: Or like at, or or like you know, lack of focus, but that can happen too.
1: That can, yeah. I mean, he he did get help with some of the later stages, the testing, the the porting into other consoles and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hats off to Thomas Hat, man He did a a good job And he doesn't sound like he's uh, stopping There there may be an Axiom Verge 3 six years from now Yeah, there may be Given how there were six years Between the first two and the first one Took like maybe ten years to do in his spare time Mm -hmm. But yeah Just That's generally the cool stuff Uh, I mean, I could go more in depth But I've been the only one talking for a while (laughs) Like anything, is there anything you guys noticed from my description or watching me play aside from the fact that I enjoyed myself? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: hmm. I'm still trying to like puzzle through, like the philosophical positions that are being put forward in this. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of this transient. I, I think it doesn't really want to offer a conclusive determination of what constitutes a self.
1: It's more asking it's, questions yeah, rather yeah. than offering a solution, yeah, or an answer.
2: Because it, it it a it little bit really... of ship of Theseus question going on here. A little yeah. bit of mm-hmm. is conscious like,
0: consciousness transferable? Even like
2: anthropology, yep. right down to it. What makes a person a person? What makes a human a human?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it, then also
2: address those by contrast to robots.
1: Yep. And also what makes our is is reality real or is it our perception of reality that makes it real?
2: Is reality a simulation?
1: Exactly. So it's kind of those more sci-fi philosophical just like questions more than it answers anything. But they're they're interesting to to think about and they're presented in a way that's kind of that that's kind of unique and lets you Discover the question, and then ask yourself what's going on. And I like uh, I like I said, media hey. that invites you to participate in the thought and the discussion. Uh, now, maybe not to the point where it's like I'm not going to tell you anything, and you're going to like it. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's there's an extreme on that end that too. That can get
0: rather frustrating.
1: Uh, there's a but I but in general, show don't tell is something I like a lot. And something yep. that uh, games that are built around exploration do quite quite well. And there's just a bunch of also like world building stuff I didn't need to go into, but I could have gone into because it's. Mm-hmm. But I didn't need to because it's not core to the story. But it's like, oh yeah, there's a these people exist. That's these people might have killed themselves. These people had this relationship that parallels this other couple of people from the other game and stuff. So it's very well put together. We're very well thought out.
0: Yeah. Um, now, are like there's? it sounds like the connection between the two games is more of a subtle reference and hint than like,
1: explicit, like these are connected. Yeah, you could play the second one without knowing anything about the first one and it would make just as much sense. But there's just like, oh, I recognize that drone sprite or oh, I recognize this enemy with the annoying attack <laughs> from the other game. Mm-hmm. Or in particular though the egg pods and the 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 breach itself. It actually plays a bigger role in the second one. Hmm. Um because in the first game it's just this intrusive dimensional thing that's keeping people locked in Sudra. Yep. In uh in Axiom Verge two, it's basically like the Link to the Past Dark World. It's like you use it Yeah, in, that's
0: kinda of what was popping into my head. It was like the conversion of the spheres. Wait, no no no. That that's that's The Witcher, but yeah, same same concept.
1: But it's like, yeah, you'll go into the other dimension, explore a bit, find a portal, a one way portal out, and you'll be on a spot that was behind a wall or something. It's like, oh, I can explore this other area. They're connected like that. That's neat. And then later, there's like, oh, you can you get the magic mirror that lets you dive out of the dark world at any time, or you get the thing that'll draw the portals to you, kind of a thing. Hmm. So there's a lot of just neat. It's like really well-put-together world. Also, the, the movement like the upgrades you get, super fun. Uh, particularly like when you're locked in drone form. In, in, in the second half of Axiom Verge 2, it's like, well, this sucks. The drone's got nothing. And they immediately dump all the drone upgrades on you. It's like, ooh, the uh, drone's more fun than the human now. I get to zip around with a grapple slingshot?
0: Mm-hmm. Got to make it interesting somehow.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
0: Well well, yeah. Should we uh should we get into the analysis then? I think so. Truth. What kind of truths can we find in Axiom Verge?
1: Once again, this is these are not games that like come to a conclusion right. about things. But it's like
0: even so I like, think it offers
2: something to say about like the value of living and like what a human has to do in order to move forward and, mm-hmm. like, live a life that's worthwhile. Because you see Trace, at least as we know him, like, he's principled, like, I don't want to kill people if I don't have to. But you
1: then know, you're that's, confronted that's something with I
2: uphold as meaningful. And so even though it has kind of a modern outlook on that, it's like value systems are good for life, it's like, it's still... Trying to say that they're valuable, which is something we can hold on to. But also, the, he's confronted
1: making. with a version of himself that has gone dark, and it's like, well, I this is for the greater good from my point of view. So it, it's it's kind of this interesting. This is what you're
2: capable of.
1: Yeah, but this is what you should try to be. They have also kind of Indra has a bit of a, a redemption in that way, uh, where she was estranged from her daughter. She was a bad mom because businesses. Stuff she had, she was too busy girl bossing, but then, uh, Business. after this whole ex, uh, experience, she and this uh, poor, abused robot nanobot child, uh, she's like, Well, I've got somebody I need to take care of now, and I'm not gonna mess this up. So there's a value to your life that was taken from you, and I'm gonna try and bring it back if that's even feasible because of the way AI and nanobots work which is a quest a central question of, of the mm-hmm. series, but yeah,
0: one that it poses at least. So yeah, it sounds like it's mostly like questions and food for thought posed rather than provided, <laughs> right.
1: but there, there's truth to be hashed out in pondering those questions. Yeah. It just doesn't offer the answers.
0: Sure. Now. Um, goodness. What is good in Axiom
1: Verge? Very similarly, you've got uh, Trace's moral like standing where he's like, no, I'm more pacifist. Let's not do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's try and talk it out with Hathotos. I mean, he's me. He's got to be reasonable. Mm-hmm. He's not anymore. <laughs>
0: Narrator. He wasn't.
1: <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> and then, uh, with again, with Indra and her discovery about how kind of not great of a person she's been and how she does wor- work to make that better it's like i may not be what i the person she's literally not the person she used to be at the <laughs> end of the game not how I used depending to on be. your point of view and how you choose to interpret mhm and and there is like even uh forgiveness on her daughter's side posthumously question mark or just cross dimensionally question mark
0: <laughs> yes question mark
1: and there's also an element of like self-sacrifice from Indra? Question mark. Mm-hmm. I- Indra's body with her originals. It's uh, a <laughs> question mark. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do just, they end the movie with a sunset while they play baseball on a tube? No.
1: Uh-oh. It was sunset color palette e, but it was not baseball, <laughs> and there was we- no tube. <laughs> there Johnny. were tubes, but they're the doors DLF in the first game.
0: Baseball. <laughs> the bookshelf is trying to tell you something, Murph. Um, uh beauty. What is beautiful about Axiom Verge?
1: Both games have fantastic pixel art. Like the first game doesn't limit itself to the limitations of the NES. But mm-hmm. it very much draws its art style from the limitations of the NES, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's like watching Mega Man versus watching Hol- or Sho- Shovel Knight. Yep, it's like one's literally bound, one's more inspired. Um, and the second one also similarly is just a lot more detail, a lot more like subtle movement, a lot more just color and warmth to the color palette. The first game had a very like harsh, dark hr Geigery black and grays and harsh fleshy tones uh-huh. uh which was very striking and very interesting uh but the second one was a lot warmer in its color palette both have great looks for what they're going for but it's interesting to see the the difference also the music the first one uh has has just some great atmospheric uh droney hummy tracks with one standout track with this just really ominous chanting
0: huh. or
1: like not, not chanting like vocalization. Sure. Just like, uh, <laughs> but the, musically, yeah. but musical. Uh, <laughs> the second one took the, the, the chanty, uh, vocalizations and, exp- uh-huh. and turn and like spun it off in a more Zen direction where it's very, uh, it's,
0: Harmonious and meditative.
1: It's very meditative, huh? Which is great for when you're just running in circles, like where, where do I go? What do I do? What do I do? What at least do I it's do? pretty to I look do? at, and the music's not annoying. <laughs> 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 but no, and but it's also just like so. Yeah, this one, if if you are into the aesthetic of old retro games, or even if you aren't, and it's just good pixel art, man. Hmm. So it's and for a game that shows more than it tells looking good when you show things yep uh is kind of a must
0: <laughs> yeah um unity what brings everything
1: together what does bring everything together ah, it it is very much that uh the the questioning nature of it the trying to piece things together they uh at Trace is a, They're both scientists. Well, no, she's not a. She's a business lady, but it's like there's this. It's
0: funny how you had to shatter reality in order to meditate upon it. At least in the way this game presents it.
1: Right. Phenomenology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much a breakdown of everything we know and assume to mm-hmm. be like, what if but it what wasn't? Isn't? What if it wasn't? Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of the central theme of the game, this, the, the breach. The, deep the, down what
0: would it be if it wasn't
1: in indeed like we in fact like to. um axiom verge um the title comes from uh traces work of questioning reality and everything um one of his axioms is that um that could a, if a, if an algorithm produces uh consciousness would the consciousness per assume the algorithm is reality kind of a thing mm-hmm. so what is on the very fringe and edges of our perceived reality? What is it on the verge of breaking into something else? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where the title comes from. And that's what the, the ideas the, the games play with. Like the nature of reality, the nature of the self, the nature of the person. Hmm. Yeah. Very, very, very questiony, very mysterious. I kind of dig it.
0: Uh, anything else before we wrap things up?
1: That's, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what an amazing story. Uh, <laughs> well, um, thanks for listening to the Palladium Papists. You can listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating to let us know what you think of the show and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Palapapis. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or complaints, or suggestions for future episodes, email us at palladiampapis at gmail.com. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye. See you.